It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Illini. It's not sponsored by Illini Fellow, but uh, as the Saturday show is, but we'll give them a free plug on this show about Illini Fellow Monday Night Sports Talk. With you until 6 o'clock this evening, the phone line is open. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the uh, News Gazette, is on vacation. Scott Ritchie sitting in the big chair in the corner. How you doing, man? Good. Kind of a routine day today for a change, huh? Yeah, and you know, with Kofi Coburn announcing his return to Illinois on Friday, all the assistant coaches being hired, you know, Illinois basketball maybe can settle in after you know th- three months of a kind of a topsy turvy off season. And a lot of the coaches were out again over the weekend. Is there another weekend yet of uh, AAU play, or is that pretty much done now? Yeah, they play again uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, like um, Peach Jam is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this well, this week slash this weekend, and then Under Armour also has its championship run, and then well, there's there's other events, of course, that are non shoe brand related, uh, kind of scattered across the country. Bob Osmussen is here as well. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. You getting really? geared up for football media day, Big Ten media day I coming am. up on Thursday? Three days from now. Hard to believe. And then practice starting the first uh, week in August. Whatever we'll be able to see, which we don't know. Well. I just said practice started. I didn't know the way. Right. <laughs> I don't think. We would like to, I would like to go. I, I could make a promise to the coaching staff. We're not going to – we won't write any secrets. We'll just tell people general things. Most of us wouldn't know what we're watching anyway. Of course. I, I, if I saw Wishbone, I'd get that. <laughs> but if I, if I see – I think the idea behind the coaches being kind of locked down is to give themselves a break in the opener. But that will last literally – 10 minutes, right? Maybe maybe the quarter, maybe the half of the Nebraska game. Halftime of Nebraska game, the Nebraska coaches are going to be going crazy trying to get everything organized, where they are, what happened, what they just saw. But I think there's there's some value, of course, to not having all their stuff out there. But I think that is going to be gone pretty quick. Brett Bielma, of course, will be there, as will the other 13 head coaches. Well, they're, they're splitting it up in two days. Right. Illinois' day is on a Thursday, and the Three Illinois players that will be on hand are Owen Carney Jr., Doug Kramer, and Verdarian Lowe, all three offensive linemen. Great guys. I would ask a question, pretty simple one. I kind of like my quarterbacks there. That's generally my thought, especially one that's played as much as Brandon Peters. So why didn't that happen? I, I can tell you, in the past, I know Juice Williams went. I know Nathan went. Nathan Schillhouse went at least twice, maybe more. I think Westland might have gone. I, I think... I sort of get not bringing them up there a little bit, but it's more I want my spokesman for my offense there. Now, Doug Kramer is a great talker. Vadirin Lowe, great guy with a great story. So maybe that's that's it, but I don't understand why. And somebody else told me this today. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Why did they not bring him? But, I've not looked at the uh, list of other players right. across the Big Ten. Uh, 
I'm I guessing not everybody's bringing a quarterback. No, but. no, but I think first year coach. Yeah, I don't want. I'd want that voice out there. That'd be my thought. But again, and maybe Brendan's just Brendan's not a media lover. He's very nice. He's pleasant. But maybe he just said, you know, I really rather not go. I'd rather focus on the season. If you're the coach, maybe you'd say, okay, that's good. I do have a great story from back in the day. Tony Pasha's related story. Mm-hmm. So Tony one year wasn't going. Was not happy about now not going because he would have been fun there. Plus he would have liked the free trip and all the goodies they get. So he was all excited. So I he I was seeing him before I went. He, I gave him the list of who was going from everywhere. Gave him the list. He started going by, one by one, running down the guys, every one of them, saying not kind things about literally every not his own team, but guys from Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Run him down. It was so funny. I, w- I wish I had taped it because it was hysterical. And Tony didn't get to go. Probably why he didn't, because he would have done that there. They probably knew that. Interesting this year that uh, Big Ten Football Media Days is in Indianapolis. Right. That's great. Which makes it convenient for, awesome. for at least the folks around uh, this part of the state and this part of the Big Ten footprint. Right. Uh, normally it's in Chicago, but uh, something different over there. I'm all for it. I think the idea was the Dome. Mm-hmm. The, that was the way to go. I think they wanted a big open space, so they've got uh, clearly got that. But it's going to be a little new. To has it ever been there? I know basketball has been there over the years, but football. I don't. Th- I don't remember remember it being there in all my time. So, and it's a an event, as you know, and you've covered probably about as many as I have, and that that goes into the twenties or thirty. Yeah, I've been years. About almost thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that you get. In July, oh, is outdated pretty quickly. Pretty much the next week, or, once camp starts, or even yeah, right, the, even the next day, perhaps. To me, to, again, the value of something like this is more the interaction with the other, with all the coaches and the players. That's great, and you can get things. You'll find out some information. The other thing is getting to see, frankly, our friends, getting to see people from Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota uh, that we don't get to see until the games roll around. And again, that's there's value there. Not only for us personally, but for our readers. Because I guarantee I'll get three or four items out of that day where somebody says, hey, do you know about this or that? And I'll say, no, I didn't know that. And then people, we're all kind of good about talking. So it's a great it's a great thing. I love going. Uh, we didn't have one. It was There wasn't one last year. No, there was, was nothing. Not. So that was unfortunate. Um, but I'm glad we're going this year. It is 5.17. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen is here. Matt Daniels is on vacation. Here's truly Steve Kelly. We're happy to welcome into the program former Illini basketball player Trent Meacham. Trent, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, guys. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Wanted to kind of catch up with you on a couple of things, uh, not the least of which was the big news of uh, late last week and uh, the big news of the uh, – past couple of weeks on what Kofi Coburn is going to do, and that was officially announced on Friday. Your thoughts about Kofi coming back and your thoughts about this upcoming Illinois basketball team. How are you feeling? Steve, big news is an understatement <laughs> for Illini Nation. Um, you know, also, I think this whole transfer portal, you know, free agency, whatever you want to call it, it's generating a lot of people like us in the media. It, it, this is great sports talk throughout the summer and that's a new thing so that's kind of fun okay but i am uh i'm very excited about this this next season i mean you you know with kofi coburn i look at him as 
the most dominant player in college basketball. That's pretty sweet having him come back. Uh, I think he's the national player of the year in the preseason, uh, in, in my eyes. You pair him with uh, one of the more exciting uh, point guards in the country, Andre Curbelo, and that's, this is going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, then you have some, some great veterans in Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, Jacob Grandison. I think some guys that you can really rely upon if you're Coach Underwood. Uh, and then there's, you know, a couple transfers, freshmen, who steps up, who can be a significant piece of that puzzle. I mean, this team, uh, they should have high expectations. They should compete for a Big Ten championship. They should feel good about themselves making a run the NCAA tournament. So, as a former alum and as a fan, I'm very, very excited about this upcoming season. Trent, I'm just curious you know, what you make of how Brad Underwood has navigated the last you know, three or so months. You know, went from you know, turning over all of his assistants, Adam Miller transferring, Kofi you know, flirting with the draft, maybe transferring, now he's back, and then you, know, you look at him, it's late July, and Illinois is maybe a top-ten team heading into the preseason after. I don't, I'm not sure anyone would have thought that you know, after – all of that happened sort of back in April. It's wild, isn't it? It's wild. Um, yeah, I, I, I told people once, you know, the staff was depleted uh, for different reasons, and I think uh, understandable reasons. I, I told a number of people, I said, I, I thought Brad Underwood put together such a good staff his first time around. And I thought, okay, I, 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 would, I believe he's going to do a, a similar job this next time around. Uh, I don't know if you, you replace Orlando Antigua, but I thought, I think Chester Frazier, um, not because he's a former Alana, that helps, but I think Brad Underwood hit it out of the park getting Chester back on staff. And not just because he's, he's a former teammate of mine, I just think that was a big time get um, as a young coach who has great experience, um, a tireless worker. So that was huge. But then from, uh, and of course, filling out the staff from there, but I thought getting Omar Payne right away, I mean, that's a nice insurance policy, right? Um, and now, you know, under, probably coming off the bench, uh, getting Alfonso Plummer with Adam Miller leaving, another lefty shooter. Uh, so those were two big, big pickups. And then it's it's worked out pretty well for him, especially when you think of Trent Frazier coming back and now ultimately Kofi Coburn coming back. I mean, it's it's been, uh, I'm sure, unlike any, any offseason for Brad Underwood ever, but I think he's done a very good job with the staff. He got some key transfers, um, has some, you know, potentially – freshmen that that could that could be great players as well um and then it's about developing some of these other pieces like austin hutcherson and coleman hawkins and then getting those pieces to fit together but it's been it sure has been a ride since that loss to loyola and uh, i think things are looking pretty good though for illinois basketball right now trent this is bob how you doing good bob good to see you this weekend yeah that's fun uh hey <laughs> how do you with all the expectations there how do you let that how do you keep that from being a problem for the team? There's going to be they're going to be here all summer and all fall. You guys are going to be great. You're going to go to the Final Four. What do you have to do as a player and maybe as the coaching staff to not let that get into your head? What do you do? Well, you got to stick to what you're doing. I think they handled it very well last year because there was big expectations last year, really, without ever proving much. You know, and there was big expectations. They did a terrific job. Really, you could go all the way up until Loyola. Uh, they they had a, just such a great season. So uh, they've done that. They've done that before. Um, and you want expectations. That means you uh, you have people talking about you. I, I think even beyond that, though, is the new NIL rules. Uh, I, I think there's there's a lot of new things just in college 
athletics, and there's some different, uh, I think, different things pulling at you, uh, and, and that's that's going to be something different for that all teams, all staffs, all schools are going to have to navigate. But I, I think from a basketball standpoint, uh, you want expectations, you want the spotlight. I think they have players that um, perform well under that. I think Andre Corbello, Trent Frazier's been through it all. Uh, Kofi Coburn's going to do what he does. And then you have some dependable players like DeMonte Williams that are just a very much of a workman-like attitude. So this team has a great blend of leadership, of talent, uh, some fresh faces. And I think that, that should bode well uh, in terms of handling those expectations. But there's going to be some different, some different factors that uh, college athletes have really never faced before that um, it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. Talking basketball with Trent Frazier. Let's go down that, uh, rather, uh, Trent Meacham. Let's go down that uh, NIL uh, road, if you will. What do you like about that uh, policy? Of course, there's a lot of unanswered questions, but what do you like about it? And what do you think uh, maybe could be a problem as we go down the road? Well, well who said I like anything about it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm actually, I'm a player first guy. I'm, I'm pro player. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I would have loved to have it when I was in school. And I'll tell you this, Steve, I, I think most importantly, just if, if I would look at myself, if this was in effect when I was in school, it would have been so good from an educational standpoint for me. I, I, I wouldn't ex- have expected to make, you know, hundreds of thousands. Of, almost, I would have gotten wealthy from NIL uh, rules when I was in school. But what it would have done was it would have opened my mind to – how, can, how do I need to get out of my comfort zone? How do I need to leverage some of the uh, connections I have, some of my abilities? How, do I, how can I learn about marketing, branding? Okay, I'm learning about stuff in school. Now I can really apply it in real life. There's dollars on the line. I think that would have been tremendous for my educational opportunity. When I think about college, that's what it's all about. So that's the biggest plus in my eyes. That I think it's going to help young people uh, they're going to learn from some mistakes. They're going to have opportunities thrown at them. They're going to have to be uh, make sure they're responsible off the floor, off the field, because if they don't handle business there, then they may not be able to capitalize on some of these opportunities to actually earn some money. So I think there's some really good things uh, just from that educational, taking care of yourself, taking care of your business, um, and then you know, th- considering how can you grow as a young person. Hey, we're more than just athletes, right? We're we're more than just students. We're, we're, we're human beings. We have different um, things that we're passionate about, that we enjoy. Now, how can we uh, maybe speak on those things? How can we partner with other businesses, other individuals to promote those things that speak to speak to our values? And uh, I'm really excited. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be a little bit of the wild, wild west. There's going to be, will everything be handled you know, perfectly? No. Uh, but I do think it's a, it's a very good thing and, and much needed uh, change in, in college athletics. What about possible distractions? Can you can you see a scenario where it might get uh, distracting to players? You know, that's an interesting, uh, I, I'd say, argument. I'd say, well, you know, could it test? You know, you're studying for a final and you got to play Missouri, you know, the next day. I mean, couldn't those things get in, get in the way of your um, performance on the court? Uh, you, you know, so student-athletes have other things on their agenda, and it, could this, yes, it could, anything could. There's family stuff, there's, you know, there's girlfriends, there's all sorts of stuff that can go on away from the court that, that can impact 
an individual performance on the court. Uh, so that could happen. Uh, could certain players want to generate the highlight reel because that could help their brand and what they, that little blip on social media. Of course, those things could happen. Uh, and that's why I think if I'm a coach, I really want to recruit to character. I want to recruit high character individuals that um, are about the right things, are, are wanting to use this college experience um, in, in positive ways, are, are cheering on their teammates, are competing uh, you know, at a high level. And so I think that's the key. If I'm a coach, I want to recruit high character individuals. And if you do that, then I think you're going to be all right. But there was already, you know, there's already in a locker room, there's a hierarchy. There's, you know, there's a pecking order. Uh, not everyone's playing equal minutes. Not everyone's taking the same amount of shots. Uh, you know, the third string quarterback is, is not, is not playing probably at all the whole season. He might not get one, uh, one snap all season. So uh, there's already that. And, and that's just part of athletics. And this will just throw something else in there, you know, with some players potentially earning more money. And, and, and those that can handle the, the increased responsibilities, just like you do in school already, um, I think will benefit. Uh, but, again, it's, it's, it's so fresh. It's so new for everyone. It's, uh, it's an interesting thing. It's an exciting thing. And uh, you can be sure some players, some teams will handle this much better than others. Trent, to take you back to Kofi a little bit, obviously he had a terrific sophomore season. Uh, just w- where's the, the growth potential for him in year three uh, at, at Illinois? I see the two biggest things for Kofi would be, one, uh, defensively, you know, everybody knows this. Okay, can you guard the pick and roll? The next level, they're going to throw so many pick and rolls at you. Uh, the biggest or the slowest person on the team is just going to get picked on. So can you – can he improve his lateral quickness? He was a pretty darn good defender last year, but I think he needs to show that he can improve in that area. Uh, of course, shooting a little bit when I think of free throws, he needs to improve there. But I think the, the biggest thing for him is, can he be a much better decision maker on the offensive end? And now typically when he gets the ball in the post, you want him shooting that because he's going to shoot it at 60 70%. But can he be somewhat of a playmaker facilitator when he gets the ball in a short roll on the pick and roll. So now he gets the ball, you know, around that free throw line. Can he make decisions from there? Because if you watch the NBA, uh, big men find themselves in that position with the ball, and they got to make quick decisions. They have to do dribble handoff. They have to um, even develop a floater, find that opposite corner. They have to make quick decisions. And Kofi, I don't know if he had a handful of assists all season last year. So I think as a just understanding the game as a facilitator and playmaker – you know, he's not going to be bringing the ball down the court, but he needs to learn how to pass it much, much better, have much better court awareness. Uh, those other nine players on the court, and I think that's a huge area of improvement for him. A couple of more minutes with uh, Trent Meacham. You mentioned Chester being a former teammate of yours, and uh, guys in this room covered uh, Illinois basketball when Chester was a player, so we know him, but not as well as you. Does he coach? Is his coaching personality, his recruiting personality the same as he was as a player? Tell me more about uh, what you think of Chester. Well, you know, Chester wears his heart on his sleeve. I think fans could see could see that as well as his teammates almost. Now, I saw it every day in practice. Uh, such a competitor, someone that really cared for his teammates, which uh, it might sound like, oh, well, everybody does that. But no, he, he really cared for his teammates. He loved to see his, his teammates have success. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he would be a coach and that he'd be a great coach, and he's off to a great start. Um, you see him on the recruiting trail already, um, 
you know, getting a couple commitments, which is, which is huge. And uh, he, he's, you know, he combines so many great qualities in terms of a, just a tireless worker, um, a very genuine, very real person. Uh, and then someone who just cares for others. And so uh, I think he's, you know, he's about 10 years into coaching. He, he's had a lot of experience already, but he's just getting started. Uh, it's super cool that he's back here at, at Illinois and I expect him to, to be a head coach um, at some point in his, in his future at, at a, at a big-time school. Hey, Trent, we always uh, appreciate uh, your time, and good to catch up with you. We'll be talking basketball with you down the road. Thanks. I love it. Thanks for having me on again. You bet. Trent Meacham has been with us for a few minutes here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We do have the phone lines open. Let's go to Carl. Hey, Carl, what's on your mind? Okay, a couple of things, really. Um, if Kofi does uh, learn how to pass to players on the outside and stuff, won't that make it harder for the other teams to double-team him? Well, sure. Um, of course, once he passes the ball out, like his teammates have to make those shots or you know, those double teams will, will keep happening. But this could be one of the stronger three-point shooting teams Illinois had in a while. So, yeah, in theory, if he's finds a way to, to make those passes, you know, Illinois should only get better offensively. Okay. Uh, Bob, I have a question. How would you compare uh, Illinois' recruiting class in football to the last four or five years? The current one? The current one you're talking about, Carl? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's hard to tell. The, the last few were, were not very good, frankly, and I think so. They were really rated low. Now, you don't always know you could, I've seen some low-rated guys that are not being great players, but I think uh, this, these guys are off to a good start. I want to see how they close because there's a there's got another half a class to go. So we'll see how they close. Again, I think if they win some games early and show people we know what we're doing and we can have have a chance to be pretty good here, then I think that level will go up. The thing once Zook did was he came in here aiming high from the get-go. And I think they really helped him. Helped him get some guys. He knew to recruit Illinois, especially the state of Illinois, he had to go get the best players. And so he aimed at the best players, and after a year or two, got them, started getting them. So that was critical. So I think these guys are going to do that over time. I think their commitment to Illinois recruiting is great. And I think they'll go outside and get what they need to fill up gaps. But, yeah, I think they're going to be, they'll do better. And, again, the commitment to Illinois is the best thing. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Yep, Carl, thanks for the call. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's take another call here. This one directed at Mr. Scott Ritchie. And uh, Neil is with us. Go ahead, Neil. Scott Ritchie, uh, Illinois basketball hit a home run when they got Kobe back. Um, I want to ask you a couple questions, and I want to listen to what you got to say. Okay, um, I know they're going to be really good if they stay healthy. Where do you think they they land? There's people talking Final Four, so... I know you probably don't think that, but what do you think? Well, I mean, I think the idea last season was that was a Final Four team, and the NCAA tournament proved that nothing is a guarantee, and they lost to Loyola in the second round. But this team has that same potential, I think. I mean, obviously, no Io DeSumo is going to be a change, but Andre Curbelo showed when Io was out those three games um, towards the end of the season that he could be that lead guard. With Kofi back, with Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams back, Alfonso Plummer you know, as a new lefty shooter. I mean, they've got a lot of options. So I'm, I'm, I'm more curious how Brad Underwood's going to 
figure out his rotation. But I mean, the Final Four is not off the table. I think you know the, the potential is there, but of course, getting to the Final Four is one of the trickier things yeah. in college basketball. What else you got, Neil? I want to ask Scott one more question. Um, a lot of people are saying that if they get one of the other guys to step up and be a really good player, they think they could be a really good team and maybe a top ten team. Thanks for taking my call. You guys have a great night. You guys do a great job with your show. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Neil. We appreciate you calling, Bob. You got something? Well, there? I just w- real quick. I think the goal of this team, I mean, final four is what you want to do once you get get in the tournament. But to me, the best thing to do is try to be the highest seed you can be. Be a one or a two. Last year it didn't work out, but I think over time you will see the number one seeds get a better draw. I think last year the draw got them. I mean, I, 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 a lot of the – this just played poorly against the wrong team. But I think be able to number one seed, that you'll be a lot better off than if you're a three or four. Need to take a break at 535. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Keep the calls coming. We're here until 6, and we're back after this. 538. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with you. Bob Osmussen is here. Scott Ritchie is here as well. Pat Daniels is normally here, but he is on vacation. Do we have any evidence that uh, that Matt Daniels has his telephone turned off? Have you heard anything from him? Called. Well, I texted with him today. Did you? Okay. So it's on, but I think they had a a good time at the the zoo today. Good for them. You uh, went to a baseball game over the weekend, and so did I. You went uh, to Bush Stadium Saturday night. I went yesterday afternoon trying to get the Cardinals going. I guess we're going to have to go back, huh? Yeah, I think we did it. Um, <laughs> they took two of like what two of three from yeah. one of the best teams in, in baseball. So maybe they've turned a corner. I mean, I sort of doubt it, but I'll, I'll be hopeful after two wins in a row. Cubs and the Cardinals tonight at Bush Stadium. Both teams at 46 and 47. The White Sox are playing the Twins right now on the south side in the first of a doubleheader today and tonight. White Sox leading by a score of one nothing in that ballgame in the bottom of the fifth inning. The other big news last week certainly was on uh, the downer side of things with uh, the sudden passing of Bobby Roundtree on Friday morning and we talked to, uh, Lauren and I talked to Mike Bellamy over the weekend on Saturday Sports Talk about uh, Bobby Roundtree. You got a chance to talk to uh, former offensive coordinator Rod Smith today right. about that. How'd that go? Oh, he was, he was great, of course. And if you think about it, Rod Smith got to, got to know Bobby really well because Bobby was always trying to run by his guys, right? He was killing them in the practice and just, you know, being really hard to deal with. But it, what he said was really obvious. He said to me, "Made my team better because you you either get better, you either make the improvement you need to make, or he runs by you every time." And and he said, uh, "Lovey Smith, if you've got run by, you're an offensive lineman or a linebacker or a running back or something, and Bobby beats you, well, Lovey Smith, Rod Smith's going to yell at you, and Lovey Smith's going to yell at you, and he, nobody wants that." So he said he just made him, and he also talked about what a great person Bobby was, which. We all kind of know. We all kind of knew that. It was great to have somebody who was on the other side of the ball, had, really didn't have as much connection, who knew what this kid was like off the field, knew him as a, person, a leader, knew him as a friend. It, just really, it was really awesome to talk to Rod. And, and again, we know, we know him so well from over the years. You knew he had, would have good things to say, and he did. So that'll be tomorrow's paper in the column. 
I remember um, my first conversation, my first interview on the the football network with Bobby Roundtree when he was a freshman. Right. He was a kind of a, a shy guy. Right. Uh, didn't say much, very polite, right. but uh, just very shy and respectful. But he, he really improved in that area. He got a lot better. That he did. And when you, when you move into stardom, that kind of comes with it. And right. He, and he handled it very well. He, he, uh, he embraced it. Yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure he did a Q&A with him. And a lot of times coaches are kind of shy about having that be put down early in the guy's career. But I think they were pretty open with the idea. And he was very friendly and just, you know, again, affable. Uh, everybody loved him. And I think that was fairly obvious just based on all the reaction to this. It's really tragic. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, the more you think about it, just, you know, just makes you want to hug everybody, frankly. Right. Yeah. Mike Bellamy and Rod Smith are both kind of taking the year off from right. from coaching, and Mike's keeping uh, uh, his irons in the fire. And I'm sure Rod Smith is Rod, as well. What do you Rod, have to say yeah, about that? He's back in West Virginia with okay. near his dad. His dad Gary was a longtime high school coach there. Mm-hmm. I think his family's down there with him, so that's great. I think his son's going into his sophomore year in college. Plays a Division two school, mm-hmm. so I think they're probably with him this summer. But he's uh, looking and wanted to want to get back in, but has some options, and he'll he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be back in football. It'd be kind of cool if he comes back in the Big Ten. I'd like to see him again on the sidelines because he was a really one of the best. I, Bill Cuba was great to deal with, and there's been a lot of great coaches to deal with. But Rod Smith was one of the best assistants I've ever dealt with in 30 years here. I mean, he's in the Greg McMahon. Those that kind of core, those great guys. Yeah. I think again, Mike Bellamy is one of those guys too. And, and so was uh, Vic Canning. Uh, oh yeah, uh, all those guys. But Rod was special that way because he was so willing to talk to you, tell you what's going on. Without you know, he would never undercut his head coach, sure. of course. But he was he knew we had jobs to do. He was always really good about it. And we, I go to this, I go to this, this group occasionally. Uh, some judges and lawyers in town. And Rod came out and met with us, uh, I think once or twice. That was a lot of fun. He was very open, and was, that's kind of that's that was a great sign. You were part of the Cleveland Plain Dealers annual Big Ten football predictions. Right? I didn't know that was out already. I was, I think I was supposed to get that in the paper, but yeah, I was, I was part of that. Yep. And and tell us where you had Illinois. I, I did not have Illinois last. I did not. I. If they only got one sixth place vote, it was mine. But I, I, I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, I think I had the sixth. Be, I think I had Purdue behind them because Purdue seems to be fighting it a little bit. So yeah. I had. Uh, Did you go Wisconsin? Definitely Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, or maybe the other way, and then um, Nebraska five, Illinois six, and then I'm pretty sure Purdue seven. And then obviously the other side's pretty easy: Ohio State one, Indiana two. Um, soon Penn State three, Michigan four, Michigan State. What other? Maybe Maryland five because I kind of like where they're where they're going. Yeah, Their Michigan schedules. State could be a little bit down. I yeah, think. and Maryland's schedule is not very hard, so I think they could be a team. But it's going to be interesting to see how it go, goes you, comes out. You mentioned Nebraska and Illinois at the the other end of the uh, the Western Division, so to speak. That makes that first game even more oh, important. Critical. It? It's critical for both teams. Yeah, because. Illinois needs to win that game like it's nobody's business. But the difference is there's not a coach here and on that team that's worried about his job. Brett Bielema is going to be here for a right. long time. Could be, could be definitely going to be here five or six years, but it could be a lot longer. 
Whereas with Scott Frost, there's pressure on him. So I think for who needs to win the game more, I certainly would think Nebraska is in that boat. I'm going to write about Nebraska on Sunday. So I'm kind of writing a story, kind of what they're, they're 10 years into the Big Ten, and we're going to write about kind of where, what's been like for them so far. What are your thoughts on their new athletic director? Oh, well, it's former player, so it's, I'm always think, I always think it's good to have somebody local because they understand the culture, they understand the people, the donors, all the important people, but also they understand the, the way the fans think. So I think that's fairly critical. Plus, he's been in Nebraska for a long time as AD at uh, Nebraska-Omaha. Right. So it wasn't a big, you know, he drives 50 miles to, to get to his new job. I think it was smart hire. He'll, he'll do well there. It's 546. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. We've got another segment. Still time for your telephone calls. If you want to join us, 217-356-9397. Back after this. It is 549 on Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with you until 6 o'clock. By the way, next week's show will come to you from the U of I Quarterback Club golf outing and meet and greet. The golf outing is at Savoy on the orange course and the blue course. And then there's a meet and greet afterwards at the uh, Elks Club, which is located behind uh, Old Orchard uh, Lanes in Savoy. And we'll be doing the show from there. Hopefully some guests from the uh, football coaching staff and others that will be coming up next week on this particular show. The Olympics are scheduled to start on Friday, guys. What uh, what are the odds of of that going on, Scott? What do you feel about that? Well, I think they're going to push through and have them, but you know, there's just seems like there's another story every day of, you know, an athlete or athlete's pearl already in Japan that's you know, tested positive for COVID and so I I mean, I think it's going to happen, but uh it's not going to be like any Olympics I think we've seen before. I think right. a lot of a lot of people will be relieved when it's over if they get if if they get it over. Well, the great thing about the games, if you think about it, and I, I went to the Winter Games in Salt Lake City, and the great thing is being there as a fan and that roar when whatever, and you think about all the great moments over the years we've seen basketball games and track events and all this. The fact there would be no roar, and I, I've noticed this last year with the golf too. It's so weird to watch, you know, yeah, PGA which. Colin Murakawa won last year with no fans. So Olympics with no fans is going to be really odd. Now we got used to that, but we couldn't get less used to that. We're watching baseball now with people there. We're going to watch football in the fall with the people there. So I think this could I don't know why they, maybe they should, I love the Olympics. I have my whole life. First one I remember is Munich. So that's a bad one. But uh, I think maybe they should have thought, you know, let's just take a, take a pause here. Let's come back in 24 and have a really really good event. I know they didn't want to do that. I know they didn't want to do that, but I wonder if that maybe would have been the better call. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with the opening ceremonies scheduled for Friday. Did you watch uh, some golf over the weekend? Uh, the, I the, did. The, the folks over there like to call it the Open. I still call it the British Open. But, oh, uh, it's the Open. Yep, and uh, that was good stuff. Champion golfer of the year. That's so awesome. That's the best title ever. And the trophy, Stanley Cup, to me, is like probably the coolest team trophy. But this thing is pretty awesome. Just you could drink out of it. It's it's just a cool, cool thing. And he was he played so well. I mean, just awesome. 
I just I didn't think for a second he was going to lose. I never thought, and I think the guy's got many more majors in him. He's he only twenty four, and he looks fit, and he's so was so good post match. He was on on with the uh, with the crowd and also the announcers. It sounded like a he sounded like way way wise behind his years. So again, stay healthy and do the right things. He'll be a star for a long time. So uh, it was great to watch him. I was rooting for him. I'll tell you honestly. I like those guys who are kind of that a little bit of an underdog because yeah. John Rahm figured he'd probably win. And most people thought that. But I was glad to see this guy win. Well, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, who oh, yeah. played really well until yesterday, and he's kind of had that history of uh, kind of fading down the stretch. And Jordan Spieth was making a, a comeback as like well. Like great. Like great. So. But uh, Morikawa, he won his first uh, – major over the PGA Championship in his first time playing yeah, in it, unreal. and the same thing here. First time playing in the, in the Open, he comes away with a win. He's so. going to Tokyo, too. Yes. So, please win the gold medal. Is might, might as well. You just, uh, you're on a roll. Might as well win the gold medal come back with that, too. Why not? And for the first time in, in a long time, I can't, that I can remember, at least, they had no bad weather on the British so Open. Usually it's, it's a miracle. Usually it's yeah. raining, raining sideways and cold and they had sunshine and a little bit of breeze one or two days, but uh, the weather was really never a factor in that. Yeah, and I think it shows by you know, Kyle Morikawa finishing at 15-under for the tournament. I mean, right. That's a, that's a pretty good score you know, for a, a typical Open. Although it didn't help uh, Phil Mickelson at all with that 80 the first day. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he was like geared up for bad weather. Maybe. It was, uh, it was so good it threw him off. It was good stuff, no doubt. Uh, another golf note, um, I had a chance today to play in the American Junior Golf Association's uh, event over at Urbana Country Club. These are about 78 young people, junior golfers from all across the country and around the world, actually, um, ages 12 to 15, and they're playing at the Urbana Country Club for the second straight year in a 54-hole uh, tournament, which begins tomorrow and goes uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Played in a little uh, event there today. I played with a young man named Chance Wrinkle, who is 15 years old, from Kansas City. He won the Kansas State Championship in the big school division as a freshman. Oh, my. So he would be one of the favorites going into this. But a uh, big thanks to the American Junior Golf Association, ExploreChampagneCounty.com, and all the folks uh, that helped uh, put that on. And it's uh, ongoing this week. And you can follow the scoring at AJGA.com, or .org, I'm sorry, AJGA.org, if you'd like to follow how some of those young players are doing. No, not really anybody from our immediate local area. There are some Illinois players in that, but uh, they're young players from all over the country. Need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. A couple of minutes before 6 o'clock on Monday Night Sports Talk, Illinois basketball season tickets now on sale. That Kofi's back in the fold. <laughs> Time to get those tickets on sale. So fightingillini.com. Want to check out tickets, uh, Scott? What are you working on here for the rest of the week? Well, just more Illinois basketball coverage, and then at the end of the week, um, I'll be in Peoria this coming Saturday for House of Pain and their mm-hmm. opener in the basketball tournament. So, I'm going to cover them uh, as far as they go as they you know, chase a million dollars. Bob, you mentioned uh, your column with uh, Rod Smith, right? Lots and, of football this and, week, and football media football. days coming up. Yep, can't wait. What's the one thing you want to learn? from Football Media Days? 
Oh, gosh. Everything. I don't know. I want to uh, know who uh, is Brett Bailey about going to open practice. There, that's one nobody cares about other than me. You think you'll get an answer on that? No, of course not. <laughs> that's fine. Well, it's always a fun time. Once you get to late July and and football media days and practices start the next week or 10 days after that, and then that first game, August 28th, it, uh, it'll get here quick. And before you know it, it'll be basketball season going along at the same time and fun stuff. Guys, appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Matt Daniels will be back with us next week. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help in the other room. This is Steve Kelly for Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen on WDWS. Champagne Urbana. Thanks to lis- for listening to Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk to you again soon.